Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the OG Therapy Podcast. Welcome to the OG Therapy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of OG Therapy. My name is David Kozlowski. If you're new to the podcast, I'm the host of the podcast and usually have a couple other co-hosts with me, either Kenneth Scott, Jason Hewlett, or Robert Johnson, good friends of mine, that they usually weigh in with me about different topics. Today I'm going solo because I'm just coming off of a little over a week, about 10 days of just being sick, sinus infection, um, strep throat started with strep throat and so uh if you've been following the podcast for many years you'll know that i'm made of glass i'm sick quite often as embarrassing it may be um it's uh not fun but you know it's just it's just almost something i have to plan for for every for some reason every september it seems to <laughs> really hit me the hardest too so um so that's why i'm on here alone because i just want to get a podcast out this weekend and specifically since it's the beginning of september uh, many of you listening to this may know, if not, you'll know now that September has been um, identified or has been um, not identified. It's been um, marked on the calendar as Suicide Prevention Month. The fact that we have to dedicate a whole entire month to suicide is not a good thing. Um, sometimes we we do months to uh, help dedicate because, you know, we want people to be remembered, uh, certain struggles that people have been through, things like that. And that's what we're trying to do with September and trying to make it a positive awareness type month, a prevention type month. But the fact that we even have to have a month on the calendar that's dedicated to suicide prevention is definitely not a good thing and shows that we have a lot of work to do and a long way to go in preventing such a horrible tragedy from happening to anyone. Um, No matter how old you are, um, basically from, you know, as early as 10 years old, all the way up till you know later life um, suicide is unfortunately a growing epidemic it's a very big issue i know a couple of weeks ago the suicide stats just came out and across the country i was very happy to see that there was a small decrease in the youth suicides not enough to write home about or to brag about that's for sure but overall in uh the older category specifically with uh, men um it has gone up So now in your state, that may be different. You may be listening to saying, hey, my state's actually gone up in that category. If that's the case, uh, my heart hurts for you. And if it's not the case and you're one of the states that have shown a little bit of a decrease, I'm very happy for you. And I hope that it's really because a lot of the hard work you're doing and I hope it's not just kind of just a down year or a year where there weren't as many. And I hope it's not luck. I hope it's based upon some real strategies, some systems, and some grassroots efforts uh, that have been helping in your communities and also from the state down as well. Today, the reason why I'm, I'm giving this uh, podcast by myself, besides me being sick and not being able to get any of the guys on last minute, uh, really has to do with every September, I do some sort of service announcement, nothing too long, just uh, or public service announcement, just something to share with all of you listeners, something that I found to be very true and I hope that this can bring um, a simpler way to start or a simpler way to see this huge major problem. I repeat myself a lot 
on this podcast and when I'm with my clients and when I'm speaking because I like to repeat the simple basic things that could lead to big solutions. So one of the things I repeat a lot is complex problems need to start with simple solutions. Something like suicide, it's so emotional. It's When I say it's emotional, it's uh, if you've lost someone to suicide or if a loved one of yours is struggling with suicidal thoughts and actions or maybe is even attempted recently. It's such an emotional, fearful um, situation that our brains go into a quick fight or flight mode and it's survival. We're just trying to figure out what we can do to help our loved ones, our friends, our, our kids um, not you know, follow through with those thoughts and feelings. And complex things like that, that are very emotional, that are very intense and very confusing and you can't touch it, you can't feel it. Those types of things need to always start with basic concepts, principles, and basic solutions. And the reason why I say they need to start with basic concept principles and solutions is because, again, if, if you followed this podcast for a while, you've heard this before, but it, it's, it's worth repeating. A long time ago, I, I shared this analogy with um, my former co-host, uh, Heidi Swap, and it was the first responder analogy. And we were just in a conversation and we ended up speaking about this a lot when we do presentations. But originally I just told her that um, when there's a car accident, let's say on, a, on the freeway, and let's say it's a pretty bad accident. In fact, people are hurt. And it looks pretty obvious uh, who, who caused the accident. Um, you know, maybe, you know, the, the firefighters, you know, the EMTs, they showed up and they see one car that looks like it was, you know, the, the, the person who started the accident. Maybe they, you know, were texting and driving. And it was, like I said, it's just an obvious situation. And I told Heidi, I said, imagine if uh, the firefighter, let's say it's a firefighter that shows up on the scene. Imagine if the firefighter runs up on the scene, sees that there's um, some people trapped in the car, they're screaming, they're they're freaking out. There's blood. It's it's a bad accident. And imagine if the firefighter, with all their use, years of experience, ran up to the car, and right when they got up to the car, they said, "What the hell are you doing? What are you thinking? Were you texting and driving? Why did you why did you hit this car? Like like there could be there could be people dead here right now." I can't think of a time where I've ever heard a first responder say something like that. And the reason why is they're trained in a very complex crisis situation that they need to first calm down the situation. And if they came out blaming people, asking questions, interrogating people right out the, right out the gate, right out the jump, that would not calm the situation. It'd make it more chaotic. It would make it, um, you know, intensify the situation. People that are in shock, people that are scared would definitely not feel comfort and relief that everything's going to be all right. And I said, what do you think a, a normal first responder would say when they showed up to a situation like that? And Heidi was like, well, they'd probably, sh you know, walk up and say something like, everything's going to be okay. We're here to help. Stay still. Um, we're going to get the jaws of life out. We're going to do this. And they would talk very calmly, making very clear, distinct statements to the people that were in that situation. Now, once people were pulled out of the dangers in the middle of the freeway, once people got to safety, uh, maybe, maybe there's only a few people that got hurt in the accident and other people were just you know traumatized and in shock and they're off to the side. 
after they made sure that everybody's bleeding stopped, everybody was safely removed from the vehicles and the environment was safe, then they would approach and they'd walk up to the people there and say, hey, I need to ask you a few questions. Can you answer some questions for me right now? We need to get some information, some details to figure out what exactly took place and what exactly happened. That is what a seasoned firefighter, police officer, first responder would do in that situation. They would not come up asking a bunch of questions and they would not mirror the same energy and panic of the people involved in the situation. Instead, they would model calmness, strength, courage, bravery, and most importantly, that they are there to help. So I use this analogy, the first responder analogy, because in a situation where you have a loved one who's suicidal, there's a lot of fight or flight emotions. It's very much like a, a first responder situation. In fact, many first responders have to show up to people that are mentally, emotionally unstable, potentially suicidal. Um, it's called a 5150. And um, if someone's suicidal and they show up to those situations, they do very similar. They don't say, why are you suicidal? What's wrong? They calm up. They calm situation. Hey, I'm here to help. You know, just, just talk to them in some clear statements of support and understanding. And, um, and yeah, I, I remember hearing that one time, uh, gosh, what do they call him? Uh, the guy, the Golden Gate Bridge uh, police officer that was for years walking on the Golden Gate Bridge, or not walking, but patrolling the Golden Gate Bridge. And he had to talk many people down from suicide. And he did all those same tactics. Well, I bring this up at this particular moment because the good news that I want to share with you is that you being able to say the right words to have the right body language, the right facial expressions, and to be able to stay calm in those situations is going to be paramount. It's going to be key. And you can't be calm in those situations, and you can't just make up at those moments the perfect or right thing to say if you haven't thought about it, if you haven't been giving, haven't been given those ideas ahead of time and prepared yourself for it and be ready to have those conversations. So throughout the years, um, in fact, uh, this coming week, I'm going to be uh, doing a, a keynote presentation at the Fight Like a Mother conference. I'll be posting more about that on Instagram. Please, if you have not gotten your tickets to go to that already, there's going to be me, some other speakers, breakout sessions. We're going to learn very helpful tools and ways to be prepared because you can't get prepared for a chaotic situation, a crisis situation while the chaos and the crisis is happening. You have to prepare yourself before that. Right, just like during the pandemic, you know, a lot of people found out that man, I need some food shortage, <laughs> shortage. <laughs> I need some food storage because of the food uh, shortage. I need water. I need toilet paper. I need all those things. And so, since then, a lot of people stocked up on those things and had extra supply just in case. But at the time that it happened, that wasn't the time to do food storage. That wasn't the time to do emergency preparedness. You should have prepared for that already. So, I just want to invite everyone to come out to this conference to be there with not just other mothers, even though it's called Fight Like a Mother, but for other parents and other concerned people about their youth and their loved ones to learn and share knowledge and information. I mean, between myself and everybody there would be speaking. I mean, I know I bring 24, almost 25 years of experience in the mental health industry. Everyone else there, I'm not sure exactly how many, but it's got to be at least over 50 years of experience uh, combined with everybody there will be speaking and sharing information. I will be there to talk about some basic ways and some things that you can do so that if you were ever in that situation, the child, friend, or loved one that you will have on deck, ready, prepared, specific statements, specific things you can say to help calm them down. Because the kryptonite to suicide 
the kryptonite to depression, anxiety, or as I prefer to say, the best suicide prevention is connection. And the kryptonite to all those things I just said is connection. And when we're fearful and we're scared and we're panicking and we're trying to console someone that is also fearful, scared, and they're panicking, or they've gone numb and they just feel that suicide is their best option, we have to be able to be prepared to show them with our body language, our facial expressions, and with the right words that they are not the person that should be making those decisions for themselves at that particular moment. Just like you wouldn't give the keys to a drunk driver to drive. When that person is no longer drunk, they would know that they shouldn't drive a car. They would make better decisions. In fact, I know a few people in my own personal life that have gone out of their way to make sure some of their friends didn't drive drunk. And those same people had also gotten a DUI. In fact, more than one for the two people I'm thinking of. So that means in our sober mind, we would make better choices. I liken that to when someone is mentally and emotionally unstable. They're like a person who's not sober, but they're not sober mentally. It's not a physical thing. So in their lack of mental sobriety, meaning they're not in their right state of mind, they're not in a good place, they should not be the person making decisions for themselves because if they're suicidal, they can make a decision that they can't take back if they were successful at that suicide. So I want to invite every single one of you to come out, listen to me speak and all the great speakers. If you haven't checked it out yet, um, go to check out or go check out Fight Like a Mother um, uh, conference seminar on September 16th. I'll put information in the post of the Instagram post and also inside uh, the, the comments, not the comments, but the description of this podcast episode when I post it. Thank you guys so much for following uh, Light the Fight all these years. And thank you for continuing to follow me with OG Therapy. And I just want to let you guys know that you are the best suicide prevention because you have the ability to connect with your friends, family members, and loved ones because you already have a relationship with them. Even if you're fearful that you might be part of the problem or you might have pushed your loved one over the edge and you might be someone who's causing them to feel that way then it doesn't mean that you can't engage. It doesn't mean that you can't say something to them or get some other people to say things to them in their time of need. And so that's my message for you today, just to let you guys know that there are ways to handle this. Now, I'm not giving all the details like how to find a therapist, what meds to get on, because that's that's not what I talk about on this podcast. I don't give medical advice because I'm not a medical professional. And I don't do therapy on this podcast because even though I'm a therapist, I give suggestions and ideas and I focus more on tools that relate to social health because I found throughout the years, the best way to teach loved ones how to help their other loved ones who are struggling is to give them social health tools. You're not a mental health therapist, or I mean, most people listening to this are not a mental health therapist or mental health professionals. So because of that, I don't want you to try to act like one or try to be one because your relationship to the person in your life is actually much closer than most therapists could ever get to them. You have the power, you have the influence, you just need to know what to say, how to say, and how to time it so that it allows them to feel supported and so that they could potentially give you permission to help them in that situation. Because like I said, they're not capable of dealing with these situations at that moment by themselves. Just like someone who's intoxicated, they should not have the keys to their situation of their life right now. That be, should be something that you as a loved one can do and should be, and basically the best person to do it for them. So thank you for listening to the podcast, you guys. Um, we'll have more episodes coming up this week, assuming that, actually, no, we're going to have more episodes coming up this week. 
I, I, I made a mistake. I, I used all the episodes that we pre-recorded for uh, uh, when I was sick a couple weeks ago. So now we ran out of episodes, but this is what I want to share with everyone today. Thank you so much. Follow us on Instagram, on OG Therapy, on Instagram, actually OG.Therapy on Instagram. You can follow me at David underscore K-O-Z-L-O-W-S-K-I underscore on Instagram. You can also go to Patreon and pay $5 a month to get two and a half years of episodes that were never posted on podcasts. Usually I'm just answering questions from parents who are on the Patreon and uh, that's just for $5 a month. You can go to www.patreon.com backslash OG therapy. Also, we have a YouTube channel. Um, We've got a lot of content there as well. If you want to watch the content on the Patreon channel, you do get to watch these episodes as opposed to just listening to them. If you're like me, for some reason, I like to watch my podcast as well. And so you guys, until next time, just remember when life and struggles of your loved ones or friends has got you down begging on your knees, asking for help and saying, please give me some ideas and some information on help my loved ones. Don't worry. You can always come here to listen to your OGs. Thank you very much. And have a great month. Even though it's suicide prevention month, it's a a month for you guys to be able to reach out and connect with your loved ones. And the tools that I'm be given at this conference are tools that I can't say anything short of this because it is a bold statement. So I'll just say it. These tools have saved many people's lives. Is it a perfect science? No. Is it guaranteed to save your loved one's life? No, but it is going to give you an extreme advantage in connecting with them. And like I said, the best suicide prevention is connection. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.